0: This podcast is sponsored by Pro Audio Voices, helping great stories come alive through audiobook production and marketing. Hello, I am Becky Parker Geist. I am the host of the Audiobook Connection podcast, Behind the Scenes with the Creative Teams. I'm also president of Bay Area Independent Publishers Association and the CEO of Pro Audio Voices, providing audiobook production, distribution, marketing and podcasting services. And today I have with me Karen Fisher Golton, author of My Amazing Day. Karen is an editor specializing in children's book editing and also creates illustration descriptions for blind readers. She also helps authors developing educational audio supplements. So Karen, welcome. Hi. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So I kind of like starting at the very beginning. I love hearing how people get into the whole indie author and publishing world, kind of what stimulated that for you? And tell us a little bit about the start of that journey for you.
1: Okay, yeah. Well, for when you said the start, first I went back, it started way back before I remember when I was I was not even two. My mother taught me to read. She was holding up cards. And, and so my love of children's books went way from back there. I love um, that. Yes. <laughs> and then... I had different paths, I had technical writing, I teaching, really writing and working with children were sort of the, the two themes and they came together in children's books. And so I got serious about that and I worked on my writing skills and and eventually that led me to independent publishing, which was this project, My Amazing Day. It's a, it's a book for zero to three to start, Babies and toddlers on lifetime habits of gratitude. Yeah. And that began, it actually wasn't my idea. A good friend of mine who is a designer and a friend of hers who's a photographer now, friend of mine too, they came to me and they said that we want to write a book to help babies and toddlers start habits of gratitude. And I just I loved that idea. And I love the idea of working with those too. So when you when you traditional published a picture book. If you're not an author illustrator, the publisher matches you with a, they, they picked the illustrator for the most part. Right. And so it was a natural thing to, to self-publish because we wanted to work together.
0: Right. And so,
1: you know, we did that project together and it was, it was just a joy creating with those two. And so that's how I got into the world of independent publishing. It wildly like the... The photos for that book were shot in Nevada, and Bayer, uh, you know, Bayer was meeting in Nevada at that time. So, anyway, somehow I found out about it. I can't even remember how. But when I was, I was like, "Oh, this is my place." I mean, it, and yeah. I've been in many professional organizations over the years, but I just want to say that it it is the best for just information and warmth and community. I just, I just cannot say enough about it.
0: Yeah. Just for our listeners that have, don't know, so BAPA, it, you can find it at b a i p a dot org. That's Bay Area Independent Publishers Association dot org. And yeah, go
1: ahead, Garen. Keep yes, going. yes. So no, I'm glad <laughs> you did because do it, people. Yes. So that's how I got there. So then that was very, very helpful with my process with that book, and and it, and it continues to be. You know, and the book's still selling ten years in. <laughs> And
0: but but let let me just, I want to just interrupt for a second because I want to highlight that because many authors feel like when they start, they publish, they launch, and then that's kind of it. Now it's just going to sit there, you know, unless they're really doing a lot. Well, so I just wanted to call that out. I want people to to hear that you're still earning from your book 10 years. Right. right, That's right. It's still
1: selling. I'm still getting notes from people you know, my grandchild loved this and and yeah, it's great. And you know, it it takes, I would say, yeah, if I put more effort into it, it would sell more. But I put some effort into it. You know, it's 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 momentum and like pushing the thing. So so anyway, so then there was at the Bapa meetings and listening to, you know, there's there's lots of author publishers and there are also people who support them, like you and now like me. I had done editing in the technical writing world earlier, but I just heard people standing out, people talking about being editors, and there was no one that specialized in children's books. And of, of all, I think it's particularly important to have a specialist in children's books for an editor because children's brains, you know, literally are different from ours. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And I have this education background, so I know... Something about like what children learn when and how their vocabularies develop and how their ways of thinking of things develop. And, and then from my background of all my years working on my writing, I knew there's genres within children's books, you know, there's picture book and chapter books and middle grade novels and nonfiction. And so I just could see that there was a, a need for that. And when I thought about it, it was like, oh my gosh, just like everything comes together my editing, right. <laughs> the children, the education. And everything I've done in my life, like I just I really like listening to people and understanding what's important to them. And that is so important in an editor to like understand the author's vision and, you know, work towards their vision, not towards like what you think your vision might be. And so it just really came together. And, and so I, I, I hung up my electronic, you know, what do you call the shingle? <laughs> oh, the, yeah. <laughs> I made a website and, and I started mentioning it at the MEPA meetings and, and the people really came like, unlike with the writing that has been so such a, such a slow journey. In this case, people came and they just have kept coming really remarkably like when I have time in my schedule, someone just like an email comes.
0: It's
1: (laughs) it's been that's been great. And and I love it. I love the creative process and I love supporting people in the creative process and seeing it. So
0: And I know that you've worked with some of our other authors who have both worked with pro audio voices on their audiobooks and but also have been on this podcast. Tamara Shiloh is one of those right. one of those yeah. wonderful authors doing yes. great work in the world. Yeah. Yes,
1: really. She's she is amazing. She's she's got her books and she's got her bookstore.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The multicultural bookstore. Yeah.
1: Richmond, right near me. I'm lucky to have a bookstore near me thanks
0: to her. Yeah, it, that's nice. That's great. Let's just take a short pause, and we'll be right back. Looking for a way to bring your children's book to life in an engaging way for young ones? At Pro Audio Voices, we bring together decades of experience with audio production, teaching, and parenting to craft a listening experience that will delight children and parents alike. If you're looking for an experienced team to bring your children's book to life in audio, check out proaudiovoices.com Welcome back. Karen, you sort of did a quick list of some of the things that are special about children's book editing. You want to dive a little deeper into some of that. I mean, one of the first things that comes to mind for me is is the vocabulary, but I know that there's there are more things that you listed there. So, what are some of those specific to children's book writing? And editing that you are helping authors with.
1: Let's see. Yeah, there's so one thing really is like often the first thing is what genre does this book really belong in? Is this a picture book? Is this a is this a middle grade novel? Is it for you know who who is the audience here? So there's there's that you know and really understanding that different age groups. It's it it's one thing that's very interesting is that picture books for a younger age, you know, picture books are for zero to eight, really. Then there's this books called early readers and there's chapter books that are for the newest readers. And the interesting thing is that the picture books actually can have more sophisticated vocabulary than the early readers in the chapter books because somebody else, an adult, is reading a picture book to a child. But yeah, then they're reading them. There's this very narrow range of the early readers in the chapter books where they're reading it to themselves. But that's really important because those are the first books that they read. And then you get to the middle grade novels and those are more like, you know, that's Charlotte's Web, you know, like the books that we sometimes do read to children also because they do have a wider vocabulary, but children can also read those to themselves. So there's that. And then I want to say with vocabulary, I'm often like, it's important to know what a child, a sense of what their vocabulary is. But. You also, I, I always, I'm always looking at like, when do you want to stretch and when not? Because reading is how they learn words. So you don't, right? right? Be avoiding challenging words completely, but you also, but it takes brain power to understand, you know, to a word, especially if it's new and it's a stretch, you know, you need context. And so one thing I will often point out to my authors is like, okay, this, this is not a good moment to introduce that word because you're like in the moment of sort of like a big reveal and something in the plot, you know, that's when you want their brain on that. But there's another, maybe in a more descriptive moment, that's a great time to introduce a vocabulary word.
0: Yeah. And one of the things I, I really love about children's audiobooks is, well, there are a couple of things. There are many things. I I lo- love doing children's audiobooks. But one of them is this the help that it can provide in terms of comprehension and and fluency, you know, being able when you can listen to an audiobook and hear how a word is used in a sentence in the context. It can be really helpful for a child who may in a text context, text context, um, sort of stumble over that word or, or really struggle with it even if they're trying to sort out what that context around that word is. So I think. Yeah. And of
1: course, the intonation is another context. Yeah. Another reason I think that children's books lend themselves well to audiobooks is that they are written, and especially the picture books and the middle grade novels, they are written to be read aloud and and authors read them aloud in their process I and mean, we we want that language to sound beautiful so they're just made for someone to to read aloud and to be yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true.
0: Now, one of the the projects that we worked on together was Shalise Bahari's book Prince and His Mother's Crown, Tales Within My Mother's Hair, which is a, it's a whimsical fairy tale about a little boy named Prince who is fascinated with his mother's magical crown of hair. Uh, this is a, a picture book that had, I don't remember how many words, but it was a very, you know, designed for young readers or young, you know, picture books, so to be read to, children to be read to, and beautiful illustrations. And Shalise Bihari herself is legally blind and wants, wants very much to be able to serve this population of children who have vision impairments and, and to not miss out on these beautiful illustrations. So tell us a little from your, you know, your experience of what you did is as part of this process. Yeah. And then we'll, we'll go from there.
1: So, yeah, what I did in this process was, um, Wrote uh, uh, descriptions of the illustrations for visually impaired children, and I will say, it it wasn't it. Sorry, I'm saying like three or <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, first of all, yeah, the book it's it's probably like I think it's probably about less than five hundred words. It's a good length for a picture book, and it's a rhyming picture book. And so I was writing, and I was writing descriptions of the illustrations. You know, another thing about picture books is that they are so good for children's brains because it, much like you were talking about the tone of voice is another clue the pictures add to the story and sometimes the pictures can even tell parts of the story that aren't in the words at all they can be partners you know sometimes yeah. it's a comic thing even when there's differences but there are plenty of studies that show that children get a lot out of of experiencing that partnership between the words and the pictures. And I just love that getting to do this because it was giving visually impaired children an opportunity to have that experience. And so, so I was writing audio descriptions and I did some research about what sort of best practices for that. And, you know, it's a, the, the book itself is, is in rhyme and it's got some lovely language and the I mean the descriptions I hope have lovely language too but it's much more straightforward it's a different voice you know because like here's 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 what there is to see and we're letting the the children know these this is what's in the picture so they can put the things together right and when I learned about the best practices one thing that's interesting it's like on one hand you're This is all they're going to have. No. So if you don't tell them, they don't know. Don't be shy about it. On the other hand, you want to be concise, obviously, so they can get back to the story. So it's a balance. Yeah. But it was like, it was interesting to consider what, what will be useful, what's important for a child to know. And of course, in this, this story is about the boy loving the mama's hair and it's very fanciful with it. It's very fun. Like he becomes at some point, he's fighting dragons in her hair. with a, He's right. got a shield and, and she's growing fruit in her hair. And so, but the hair was very important. Even in the pictures where her hair isn't doing things like becoming a tree, you know, whereas in another book, I might not have described the hair. In this case, it's all about the hair. So I always was like, now it's in a braid. Now it's back with a clip, you know. So there was that there was another thing I noticed that the illust- illustrator did that wasn't really exactly in the text was that the boy, he, his like princehood grows throughout the story. So in the beginning, he, his parents have crowns on their heads, but he does not, but in the end, he does. And at some point she like knights him. So that was all in the illustration. So it was important to note in the beginning that he wasn't wearing a cramp. Like, you right. might not think that's important, but to have the contrast for later. Right.
0: And this was definitely a, a story where, went, like when you were talking about how sometimes the pictures are telling more of a story or even a different story, you know, that's related, but that, like these dragons, you know, where if we, from the perspective of audio only, when... We, when I'm looking at a manuscript and sort of mapping out what sound effects we would include, I'm using those illustrations also as a guideline. And yet, knowing that if the text is not referring to any dragons and I put in a dragon sound, it's not going to make any sense. So there's the, the telling of the story that also is happening through the music and sound effects, which has to make sense from an audio only perspective mm-hmm. and yet can be informed by the illustrations interesting yes
1: yeah and it occurs to me those those audio effects you put in are a very similar thing where they're giving information and allowing children to to put together you know put put these pieces together you know another thing in those descriptions is they so i wouldn't say the people looked happy. You know, I would say that the somebody is smiling, somebody has bright eyes, and that's part of the spirit of this book. It's very, it's very warm and joyful. But that that's another thing. You know, by doing that, I'm letting the 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 listeners know these are the clues you get that show that someone's happy. There's all there's a also a page where the the mother and the son are in bed reading. And you know instead of just saying in bed reading, I said it's a it's a copper trimmed bed and they have fluffy pillows behind them, or you know something like that, but you know, just show like they they were living they were the royalty, you know here they're living in comfort
0: and and the use of those adjectives in that way give a whole different feel to what is the spirit of the picture
1: exactly yeah, mm-hmm. like, yeah.
0: yeah, so. It's pretty, it was, it was a very interesting project. And then, you know, our listeners may be wondering, well, okay, so then how would you publish that kind of project? And so this was a conversation with the author initially before we even brought Karen in, was, you know, in her desire to be able to provide these descriptions and not to have a way for them to be included, but not necessarily be there for children who didn't need them or want them. We actually produced it as an audiobook that had two versions. So we had the version that was without the descriptions, and we had a a version on, like, the next track where it included the descriptions. So it would really give... The adults in children's lives and the children options. And then also there was there was talk about, you know, how we might be able to use that, for example, on a YouTube version or Vimeo version of the audiobook, which would, you know, obviously be including video, in which case, which we also do at, at Pro Audio Voices. We have a video team where we can create. Like animated versions of children's books, with or without live action, and that's a, a whole other. We'll do a whole whole other episode on that. But the but what I what I wanted to call out is that having this kind of description then allows those those entertainment experiences, if you will, also have even greater value for more children because they they are we're really dealing with accessibility issues and making them more accessible for visual impairments that's really great yeah
1: yeah Yeah.
0: what are some other projects that you've been working on recently well i have been working
1: on a project with one of your clients an audio supplement for an existing book that she had she's making and i don't i don't i don't know I don't know that whether or not how she feels about me mentioning the name. So I, I I would imagine she'd be for it, but just in case, I won't. But, but, but it's a book that's got an educational component. So she wanted to create something that teachers could use, and or for homeschool situations that they could plug, you know, plug in the book and have this this little extra to get more. There's her book has so much rich information, and so there's like a little audio segment. That comes before they read the chapter, and then they read it, and then comes after, and they explore the information in the book and go into more depth. But also, there's a whole audio play portion to it that has sort of a, a, a fun setting, like as if you're a child in a class, and there's a, there are audio effects. So I've been working with her on that and the script, and that's been. I, one thing that's fun about what I do is there's just so many different kinds of projects and that's ah, been yeah. diff- so I it's been interesting to to listen and to to think about it in as a as an audio experience and and but it's but it's also a lot of the same kinds of things you know I'm thinking about vocabulary I'm thinking about understanding I'm thinking about you know oh, is is this clear could this be does this need to be longer does it need to be shorter so right yeah.
0: yeah and that's really cool this you know and i know this is something that you do for you know many different kinds of books is this idea of this educational kind of supplement thing that there are ways to take a reg- you know just a plain children's book and there are often ways to m- expand the experience into something even more I love exploring those kinds of things with authors because, you know, it's it's like, it it dives into that why of the author. Why are you, why is this important to you? Why is this story important? What's the message here? What do you want your listeners, those kids to get out of it? And that, you know, when you start really exploring that, then typically you'll find that, oh, there's something more that we could do to help them even more. And that is really where I, I, I get so passionate in, in helping authors figure out what those things are and then finding the ways to deliver those and to better reach their audience, better serve their audience and expand the whole offering.
1: Oh, I really like that, that in a way that just goes back to sort of like the very first question when I, you know, I'll, I'll talk to an author before I start working on their project. And I, and in those first questions I'm asking, you know, what is this, how did this start? What did this mean to you? What, what do you want your readers to get out of this? And, um, I love the idea that like they're at the other end, you're like, what, so what directions does that lead to? Yeah.
0: Right. Right. And I am, I'm thinking about just as a, just give our listeners some ideas on like what kinds of things might those be? You can chime in with the project that you're working on, but in terms of some of those ideas, but also creating ways on your website for there to be a related game or, you know, a puzzle or just some engaging question for them to think about and then to be able to engage with the author in some way around that question that might be helpful. I'll and it, give you a chance to. Yeah, jump it comes
1: in. up. I think it comes up in choices, just about even what the title is of the book and what the cover looks like, because who are you trying to appeal to with this? Right. You know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We manage a podcast for uh, one of our authors that came out of. A, she has a young adult book with some important important messages and themes around self empowerment, especially for girls and. It developed from a full cast audiobook. Now it's a podcast, a monthly podcast, spill the tea with the top notch dogs. So there are all kinds of ways to really grow the ways that you can get that message out there. Fun to work with. Yeah. So how can our listeners learn more about you, your writing, you know, your editing? Yeah. Where would, where would they go?
1: The best place is my website, Karen Karen with an I. So K A R N F I S H E R hyphen G O L T O N dot com. We'll put that in the, in the
0: description of the, um, of the episode as well. Yeah.
1: And so on that website from there, you can go, there's an, there's a whole editing section of it where I have information about what I do. You know, and uh, my background specific to, to editing. Then, then my main website is about my writing projects, and I have a blog there too. I I write poetry, so I post that on the blog, and and just my thoughts about a person that is in in awe of this world that we're in. That came from a a quote from my my grandfather. Who lived he lived in an apartment that had a beautiful view for for many, many years. And then when he was about ninety, he said to me, "I've been here thirty five years, and when I go out on the terrace, I'm still in awe and beautiful. I love that. and and I feel like that quality is in my life to just notice the beautiful
0: things in life
1: that is so great. yeah. so that's that's where folks can find out more about me. Great.
0: Well, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate what you're doing in the world, and and all that you're bringing forth and helping to bring forth in the children's book world. So, Karen Fisher Golton, thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you so much, Becky, for talking to me. Thanks for joining us for Audiobook Connection: Behind the Scenes with the Creative Teams. Please take a moment to subscribe at audiobookconnection.com. The podcast is sponsored by Pro Audio Voices, helping great stories come alive through audiobook production and marketing. Learn more at proaudiovoices.com. Again, thanks for being with us, and please join us next week.